Welcome to Launched. I'm Charlie Chapman, and today I'm excited to bring you the developer behind the excellent travel planning app, Tripsy, Raphael Kellerman Streich. Raphael, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor to be here with you. I am. I'm really excited about this. I'll, I'll just lay my cards on the table here. Uh, what do you call it in, in corporate world? Uh, do a clearing here. Uh, your app. Yeah. I have a weird I have a weird history with your app. So I've had your app for a very long time. Oh, really? Uh, I actually haven't been using it the way that you intend to use it until very recently huh interesting okay it's been in my catalog of like example apps like i have figmas with screenshots from your app all over it (laughs) wow it's been very inspirational for me for especially with this uh subscription update that i've been working on yeah but i have a bunch of travel coming up and so i'm actually like really deep into using it i have three different trips in it (laughs) so i feel like i've gone from like I've had you on the list to bring on the show for a while, but I sort of felt guilty because I hadn't really used the app yet. And now I'm like, I'm a pro <laughs> user. Like, I fully use this. Yeah. Uh, although I haven't been on a awesome. trip with it yet. So, you know, jury's still having that. But so far, it has been amazing. So I'm excited to talk to you about, about everything with this app. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. The only problem is now that I'm a subscriber, I can't get to your all your, you know, upsell screens and everything. So uh, <laughs> I sort of lost the yeah. resource by actually using your app yeah. a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, now you can always ask me, I can send you some screenshots. <laughs> there you go. There you go. This is just an elaborate ploy to get that access. But before we get into Tripsy, I want to like introduce everybody to you and uh, like your career sort of leading up to Tripsy. So the three questions I always ask is where are you from? Uh, do you have a formal education related to what you do? And then we can talk about your career kind of leading up to Tripsy. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so I live in, I'm from Brazil. I live in the very south of Brazil in a city called Igrejinha. It's a very small city here. I have a formal education with like software development and I'm graduated. And I also have an MBA in entrepreneurship and management and marketing that I did a couple of years ago. That all sounds extremely relevant. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everything like really helped me uh, with by like doing software and everything. Uh, and building a business like the MBA actually helped me yeah. out with, with some of the some of the things. Um, so yeah, I, I have been developing software for since I, I'm 14 years old. Um, I, w- I initially was doing like websites for my clan games in Counter Strike, and yeah, I, I have been doing it for uh, a long time. Uh, I started working at a software company when I was 16 using Delphi. Uh, it's a very old language for Delphi. Windows systems. Yeah, Delphi. Oh, I've never heard of that. How do you spell that? Uh, it's D-E-L-P-H-I. Okay. It's it's a software that runs... Uh, I don't remember the language now, but it's... Uh, I don't remember the name of the language. But it's... I was doing like software for Windows, basically. Uh, like corporate software. Oh, okay. And I I did that for like one year or something. Then I moved to the web uh, again, like as a formal work. Uh, I was doing PHP, SQL, HTML, JavaScript, all over the place. 
uh, I did that for like two years and then I moved to Oracle systems using uh, PSQL and doing a bunch of corporate systems uh, for some companies here. <laughs> um, and then like in 2008, I got my first Mac because I I saw the iPhone launch and I just loved it. I, I wasn't into the Apple ecosystem until th that point. Um, I had a, I have an uncle uh, in my family that was also using Mac and developing apps for the iPhone. So I got into it via like inspiring uh, in his work and everything. Um, and then like once I got my Mac into my Mac, I just started playing around with how to build apps. I started it uh, using a technology called Titanium Accelerator. Okay. Yeah. You heard about it? Okay. It's one of the like web wrapper basically. Uh, it's similar, but it's it's actually I think the first one that actually compiles to native app. It was not web based. Okay. That was interesting to me because the result was a native app, but the code was only JavaScript. Uh, and I, I knew JavaScript from the web, so it was yeah. very easy for me to get started. And then, like, I, I actually contributed to the to the project. It's a, it's an open source project, so I did several pull requests for them, introducing new features and everything. And then, by by working with that, I learned all the reasons why not use a cross platform technology <laughs> <laughs> because I I got into so many troubles and so many debugging issues and so many weird crashes and bugs. I imagine especially because it compiled natively. Yeah. You would run yeah. into all sorts of things and I doubt the tooling was super advanced at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was not advanced at all. <laughs> I yeah, like I did that for 2 years um I did some apps, published it in the apps at the app store. Um, nothing for myself. It was always like work as a contractor for oh, okay. someone else. Like um, it was like rental um, properties, companies, or other corporate business. How are you getting those? Were you were you already doing that with your? non like mobile development before so you already had some contacts i had some content some friends that uh, had this need but i also was very active on twitter and the mm. community for mobile apps ever since like i in brazil specifically i was teaching some classes here for other uh developers to learn how to do titanium apps uh how to do ios and android via titanium and, and everything else and in these classes like I, I got some uh, customers initially. That makes or sense. People that, yeah, like all over from from these all of these experiences. So was it was it mostly local companies then, or I, yeah. Twitter would kind of expand it out, or was that mostly yeah. Brazil tech Twitter? I guess it was most Brazil uh, at that point. It was mostly like just Brazil. Uh, I I I had I think I had like. Uh, six or seven class uh, groups that was learning with me. Um, I, I, I was also speaking uh, in some places about the iOS development and in and, and Android via Titanium. So yeah, that's uh, like going to colleges and uh, teaching like the software developer oh, interesting. Uh, classes, you know, like going 
in Brazil, like we have these scholars, I think it's different from the United States, but here in general, uh, the teenage, not teenagers, but the, the person that is studying college, they go at night. Uh, so it's, uh, from Monday to Friday, they go at night and sometimes like the professor or the teacher was, uh, asking me to go into the class and speak about uh briefly about this uh technology and how it worked you know to to introduce these because everything was so new at that point and yeah most of most of the dev developers didn't know and didn't know how to get started so that's that's i think that's how i got my first clients and got to be known here here in my area like uh as an ios developer that's pretty awesome. So, but at this point you were, you were doing client work. Were you thinking about like getting your own app in the store and kind of doing this sort of indie thing? Or was that not even on your mind at that point? No, it was like, I, I actually had some examples. Like, uh, I, I, I remember doing one to, um, uh, see all the schedules of the buses ah, here yeah. in my city. Uh, but I never ended up publishing at the app store. It was just like, I was just doing the app and playing around with it and, pub and publishing on Twitter about it and uh, making some buzz, but I never published the, uh, any app at this point. Yeah. For, for myself. Okay. I think after two years working with Titanium, I, I started learning more about native. Um, at this point, I think Xcode was still a separated uh, software from the interface builder. I, I wasn't in. I wasn't in the space during that period, but I've definitely heard about that. Can you imagine? We 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 use it to manage the memory, like retain and release memory and and everything. Like now that I have had to do uh, every once in a while. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like interface builder was was a separated software and everything. So yeah, I. But basically, like I started working uh, and learning native. Uh, development by 2010 or something and yeah was doing some native work now for some customers um i had like two or three customers that were hiring me for native and one or two for still maintaining their titanium app mm -hmm. in 2012 i started my my first app with two friends it was uh an app to see the menus of the restaurants, mm. uh, like the full menu, like seeing the pictures and name of the of the dishes and the description, the price, and all the information about the restaurant. Where, how are you getting the information? We were scrapping, and actually, scrapping was a, after a while. Initially, we were introducing them manually and trying to input them in our database for our local restaurants around our area. Like you were going around and writing them down or taking a picture or something? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like the most basic ones didn't have a picture. Like we were only like adding the title and the price. Yeah. The ones that had available um, on the internet, the menu and on Facebook mostly. Um, they had, I, I don't think we had the Instagram at that time. I'm not sure. But um yeah, they, they used to post a photo of their menu. And then we, we started adding initially. After a while, we started scrapping from Foursquare, just the restaurant and then contacting them if they, they wanted uh. to add their menu. And then 
that's like which we I I was running this app with two friends, uh, and we were trying to sell this to restaurants. Like it was like a monthly fee, very cheap. It was like I don't know, like five dollars a month or something, or maybe less than that, for a restaurant to have their menu online. And we also had a nice integration with Facebook pages where we were adding the menu as a web page on their Facebook page. It was all like... Okay. I don't know if you remember, but in Facebook pages, you used to have tabs that you could install apps in your page. Yeah. They had like games and like it was a whole yeah. Yeah, ecosystem or operating system on its own. Yeah, exactly. And then like we, we had all of these... At the same period, I entered Apple Developer Academy in Brazil. I think I think I participated on the first class ever for from Apple. Do, do you know what Apple Developer Academy is? Or huh? I don't know if I've no? heard of that. Okay. Yeah. So Apple has this uh, academy all over the world uh, that they teach students iOS development and uh, app development, building your app, design. UX, everything that you can imagine to build a, a real app, a real business. And they started this in 2014 uh, in Brazil. I think it was the first class in Porto Alegre that I, I was a student. It was 100 students. Uh, it was a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it was amazing. Like it was just amazing experience. We, we were able to learn a lot from the teachers. They were very great iOS developers and uh, they knew all a lot, a lot about it. And also we had a lot of opportunities to present our projects to the Apple staff, like mm. to Apple engineers, to Apple designers, even some uh, VPs at Apple at that point. Uh, at the final of the year, we were able to present our, our app for them. Was it like a full like semester or year class thing? It was a year, yeah. Wow, it was a okay. full year. Do they still do that? Yeah, they do that. Oh man, I don't know how I've not heard of that. They have in Italy. They have in yeah. They have in India. I I know they have in Italy, India, and Brazil for sure. That's really cool. It was like very rich experience for me. It was super super like fantastic. I, I and I was able to practice my my English as well because uh, yeah. I, I, I was talking to some people that only knew English. Let me know if I'm going too slow on my story. No, this okay. is what I this is this is what this show is about. This is what I love. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So our our app was called Cardi. Uh, it it means to be Cardapio, which means menu in Portuguese. Okay. And D from digital. So it was Cardi, Cardi with two Ds. Uh, and when we were at Apple Developer Academy, we were doing this our app in native. And we also were starting a new app for this business. We, we, we started doing an app for the iPad to, for the restaurants. So they can, could manage the tables, manage the orders and oh, okay. the receipts and everything. So you're, of course, you're kind of building a spinoff, uh, targeting the same audience. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, we were not actually convincing any restaurants to pay us. It was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we had like 50 restaurants paying us or 
top. So it was it was very low. Like we were doing it for almost two years now, and we couldn't convince. Did you have much of a user base? (laughs) Um, I think we had like two thousand users or something. I feel like that's the struggle, right? With uh, what what are those called? Are they marketplace? I don't remember what the businesses are called. Where you you have to get like buyers and consumers, uh-huh. like an advertising yeah. business or anything is like that, where uh, getting both players is really hard. And yeah, I, I think at that point, like the the restaurants were not seeing any advantage in using our, our app, you know, like maybe it was too early. I don't know. So we were, we, we were, st- we started doing these iPad, um, version for, uh, for restaurants, but we, we even integrated with a real printer to print the receipt with the iPad, which, which was really crazy Ooh. thing to do. It, it, there was no SDKs and stuff. <laughs> it was some crazy code. <laughs> you got it working though? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But we, we end up not like, uh, we end up like going to the end of the program and not releasing these app. We did that. Like we just stopped it doing it. Um, because we didn't get motivated enough. I think to sell that. Yeah. It was too hard to sell this for real restaurants. You know, a restaurant business is a, it's a crazy thing like oh it's, yeah it's uh it's it's its own thing like they they have so many things to take care of like the food and the customers and everything it's it's so crazy i always laugh there's kind of the cliche of uh people in in software at least around here of like i should just retire and go open a coffee shop and wherever and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> opening a coffee shop sounds like one of the most stressful jobs in the world to me like yeah. i can't imagine having employees, having inventory and like the dance of yeah. moving food and buying food that degrades really quickly and having to s- project how much it's going to sell. Like, I don't know. That's just, Oh yeah. That's, that's a crazy business to be in. I feel like. Yes. Yes. I, 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 I thought about opening a restaurant a couple of times as well. Like it is, I my wife uh, always say I'm not <laughs> I'm not supporting these ideas <laughs> because like <laughs> uh, because it's it's crazy really it's it's yeah. crazy uh, it's very stressful uh, but I, I I love going to restaurants I I love this business uh, so yeah I I'm very happy that some people are willing to do that <laughs> no kidding yeah I like food <laughs> um, so. After the Developer Academy ended, I was doing some, still some consultant work, some freelance work. Uh, at at this point, I was working for Superplayer uh, FM and Mandae. It's an injury. It, it was three companies that I was I was doing their apps, their iOS apps. Their, it was all freelance and consultant work, all remote and and everything. Um, <clears throat> And they, they knew me from these courses or for, from, from the Twitter or, you know, right. from other, other jobs. Um, and then I, I went to a Google event at some point in, uh, in Porto Alegre, I think it was at the end of 20, 2014. And I met a friend that I knew from the internet, uh, Felipe, and he was working at WeHearted. WeHearted was a business from another Brazilian uh, that he started. 
in, in Brazil, and then he moved to the U.S. Uh, and they they were they, my my friend was a native Android developer. He he's just the incredible developer. And uh, Felipe Lima is his name. He he invited me to participate to do an, an interview to join WeHearted and do like their iOS app. We hearted give you some contents if if you don't know it was it still is like a social network for teenagers uh, that was sharing they were sharing inspirational uh, photos inspirational pictures that they found on the internet and uh, at, we had like fifty million users uh, every oh, month wow. and only the iOS app had like ten million users so. For me, it was crazy joining the, the team uh, in February 2015 because, like, I was joining an app that was used by so many users. Yeah. And wow, like, the, the team was very small. Like, the iOS team was just four people with me. And uh, it was just incredible to work at WeHearted. Um, I, I learned so much with the other developers. They, they knew a lot about how to build, uh, an app for so many users. Like how, what, what do you need to take care of translations and all of this stuff that you need to take care of in this case, uh, the CI, the building system tests and everything. I, I was not used to do that. Yeah. It's a completely different animal, uh, working for something at that scale yeah definitely um and yeah like i at this point i was working remotely for the u.s so everything changed for me uh i worked at we hearted until 2000 and i don't know like 2000 and probably 19 or 20 because they got acquired by a, a company in los angeles and i i actually ended up working at with them for I think two or three years. Uh, okay. The company is called, called Maple Media. It's it's a business that they buy apps, they they build apps, and they have like more than a hundred apps on their on their portfolio. On their portfolio, yeah. So by working at Maple Media, I was able to work at games, work at all kind of all kinds of different apps, uh, PDF scanners, um, calendar apps, everything like. So it's kind of giving you exposure to a whole lot of different types yes. of apps and probably lots of different code. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Don't <laughs> the code man? Like I, I was <laughs> working in apps that were writing in 2010. Like the the code yeah. was terrible. Like very very old. <laughs> but it was amazing work with them. They know a lot about how to build a business with an app, like how to make money, how to build a subscription business. I, I learned a lot from them uh, in that perspective. In 2018, I, I actually, I think I, I forgot to tell you that <laughs> in 2018, I started Tripsy because I wanted to have my own app again. And this is while you were at that... Uh, the company with all the portfolio of apps. Yes, this is this is the period. Actually, 2018 it was the period that we hearted got bought. Uh, so I was, I got some uh, motivation to build my app. You know, because yeah. I, I wasn't sure what what was going on in this case. Like they're buying my the app, the company that I'm working on. So I'm, I'm not sure. 
So I, I was walking with my dog, thinking about ideas uh, of apps to build. Uh, it was March 2018. And I love to travel. And I, I, I had a, a trip planned to Italy in late that year. I was always struggling. How to, how can I plan my trip? Like, where do I put all these documents? Where do I put all this stuff? Where, where do I save all the places that I want to visit? Hotels, the airline. There's so many information that you need to have yeah. in order to make your trip happen that I was like, I, I didn't know any solutions to, to that. I, I, I didn't find any good app, any, anything that was going to solve my, my problem. So yeah, I, w I was walking, walking with my dog and then I, I realized, man, I, I, I need to do a trip planner bit, uh, app because imagine how wonderful it is <laughs> to have your trip, your travel information on your iPhone with offline access and don't have to search my emails for my tickets, you know? That to me is like the big thing. The amount of times you sit there and you're like searching Gmail for some ticket and you get like the 50 emails that they've sent you because now you're on their list and you're like i just need the barcode exactly yeah and what's what's my wait what's my airplane uh what's my uh my flight number what's what's the departure date again what's when i'm going back like all these questions you you have it's so hard to find this unless you like type it everything in a in a note or or something so yeah, that 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 I, that night I, I started working on on Tripsy, uh, figuring out names. I, I wrote down a bunch of names uh, for Tripsy. You sound like me. <laughs> Starting out with a name was the next thing on App Icon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you you need to have a, at least a code name. You know, it's something. Oh yeah, for sure. It's not real until then. Yeah. And then like uh, the, the first name that I, I choose, I, because I, I don't like to waste, like it will wait too much time to figure this thing out and, and start a project. So I, I think I listed about 30 or 40 names that are, that are possible. And I came up with the first name was Trick with three T's at the start. <laughs> <laughs> because like, okay, that sounds, it's the better thing that I can come up now. So I can start my project. And then I, I started the backend doing the modeling and everything. Uh, I was doing the APIs and all, all of the data model that I need to have for my basic functionality. Were you thinking English from the beginning with, the, with like the naming and stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. The goal in my mind was I need to build a business that it can work worldwide, that is, is profitable since day one. I have a business model that I'm going to run it this and it's going to be subscription uh, because I, I want to live from this at some point. So, um, and I, and I, and I think I have enough experience already to build this and obviously like I'm, I'm going to learn a lot in the process, but I had these things clear in my mind. It needs to be profitable. It needs to have a way to make money. You know, uh, I don't want to do crazy stuff. I don't know. I don't want to run out to investors. I don't want to right. depend on external APIs. I don't want to rely on iCloud. Some of these promises uh, it was very important for me. So that's why I started my backend, 
I, I wanted to run a business that could run for 20, 30 years, you know, like uh, nothing could stop unless I wanted it to stop. Right. So that's, that's why, basically, I, I started it this way. This episode of Launched is brought to you by RevenueCat. RevenueCat makes in-app subscriptions simple. Their platform lets you focus on improving your app rather than getting bogged down in subscription infrastructure. RevenueCat provides a backend and wrapper around Apple's StoreKit and Google Play billing to simplify the implementation and upkeep of in-app purchases. RevenueCat provides out-of-the-box analytics for over 15 key subscription metrics like monthly recurring revenue, lifetime value, retention, and more. RevenueCat also offers pre-built integrations with best-in-class tools like Amplitude, AppsFlyer, Mixpanel, and Firebase, so you can connect in-app purchase events in minutes in a couple of clicks. Customers have been able to cut down on their engineering backlog, better understand customer behavior, and grow faster by switching to RevenueCat. See why companies like Notion, Visco, and PhotoRoom use RevenueCat to power in-app subscriptions. Learn more at RevenueCat.com. And thank you so much to RevenueCat for sponsoring this episode of Launched. So what was that first that first hook then? Because I, honestly, I don't know the answer to this, but I would assume that there is a genre of trip planning apps that probably existed at that time. So how are you kind of differentiating? Yeah, um, I, I did a small research at that, that day uh, and I only found out some apps that were really old and not updated mm. and the i think the the one app that most um caught my attention was Tripit. Tripit, i think it's it's been in the app store from like since day one basically they they okay. are a great app for travel planning and uh but they they got bought by sap at some point Oh, wow. So the app, yeah, the app was very not updated. The old the interface was old. They didn't have features like store documents or or stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that seems like the main selling point to me. Yeah, yeah, like uh, they they were just like you could you could send your reservations, you could organize your flights, your uh, basic your basically things, but it was all manual. There was no search for a flight, you know, everything was too hard to, to import into, in the app. So honestly, I didn't find any great app that caught my attention. Like, wow, this is a great case. Like this is, this market is already done, you know? Yeah. Cause that, that's where my brain was going. It's like on one hand, oh, cool. This is in like greenfield open area. But then the flip side is it's not the ground hasn't been laid for you. You're like, you have to find customers because that's yeah. a signal that people aren't necessarily actively looking for it. Yes. And that's, that's actually true in the, in, in our business. That's actually true. People are not looking for that for, uh, for like a way to plan your trip. Like you need to actually sell this, uh, to the yeah. users. So like, why should you use an app for that? Uh, because people are just used to not doing it or having someone else to do it for you, like an, a travel agent or something. Okay, so this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but are you thinking of it in sort of user segments like that? Like, okay, the type of user who's going to book a travel agent, like, are you trying to see if you can get some of them to, instead of booking a travel agent, go through you or work with the travel agent to use that? Or are you going for the like, self-planners who 
will do everything themselves and go after that? Or, or are you even thinking in those terms? Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm thinking on those terms for since, for, since like, I, I think since I started the, the app. So initially, the app is just for independent travelers, like people that organize the, the trip themselves for them. Um, we have some travel agents that use it to travel individual trips or individual or group trips as well. Like for more uh, travelers, we, we have some mm. of them that use it, but the app is not ready for them. Like they, they, it's the app does not have the features that they require, you know, like yeah. duplicating a trip or, uh, having a, some oh. templates or, or, or many features that they, they need to make their work actually productive but i have this in mind i i am talking to a lot of travel agents over the years i have i'm discussing how they how, how is their workflow right now what's what's how can tripsy help them and we definitely have this planned uh, we don't know yet how to do it um and just to uh, i don't know if i mentioned this but i have a co-founder with me uh, on tripsy Thiago. We can we can maybe scale it back. So like going back to, you know, you have the idea, you started working on your back end, you haven't shipped yeah. it yet. <laughs> and then yeah, uh, lead up to uh your co-founder. Cause I'm I'm curious how that came in too. Yeah, hello. Uh Thiago was working with me like for many years now. I I uh, in I think for about four or five years before I started Tripsy, I I contracted Thiago as a designer for a freelance job that I was doing. And I oh, okay. knew Thiago from Twitter. Um, I was, I was seeing Thiago's work on design and he was very focused on iPhone development and he was, he's just great. He's an awesome designer. He, he knows how iOS works. He knows how the whole ecosystem works. So I, at that point I was working with him in an open source project called rocket chat. Okay. Uh, we were, I, w I was leading their mobile team and Thiago was, was the designer of the, of the project. I just asked Thiago, share the idea. Thiago was also traveling at that time. And he, like, he decided to join me. Like I, I, I invited him to join uh, me with building it because my design skills sucks. <laughs> 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 I, ha I have some screenshots of the, of the first version of the app before Thiago joined. It's, it, it wouldn't be like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't think people would download it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I invited Thiago and he gladly joined me uh, in this journey. Um, yeah, we, we've been working together ever since. That's awesome. So leading up to the initial launch, then what was sort of your, like, what did that look like? What was your sort of goal for it? And mm -hmm. what did the actual app provide at that point? Um, I was always telling Thiago, like, we need to build an, an MVP. Like we, we need to do the basic things first and make sure like this has some market fit. So basically I think the initial version of the app only had like, you can create a, your trip. You can add activities. We had flight search, and I think that's it. You 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 could only do that. You can only have a list of activities, like uh, just like we have today, the itinerary. And it's and those were that was all offline, like saved offline. Yes, offline and synced to the to the backend that I was I was I did. If you if you wanted, 
like uh, the cloud option on Tripsy was always optional. You can keep your data on just on the device, or you can choose to save in our servers and have backend have it synced with your other right. devices and everything. But yeah, always offline. And since the day one, we were offering the subscription to have access to more trips. So I think the first version you could you could create one trip, and if you wanted to have one more, you had to subscribe. And that that was pretty much the only uh, the only gate. Yes, I think that that was the first one, and the price was super cheap. I I, I think the monthly one was fifty cents, and the oh, wow. yeah, and the early yearly one was like five dollars or something like that. It was cheap because the app was not very useful, and we yeah. wanted to know if people were willing to pay for it and if it was interesting to anyone. Uh, and we got featured at Nine to Five Mac. We got featured in uh, Mac Magazine. It's a it's a Apple website here in Brazil. Nice. And yeah, we got some subscribers, and and we got some subscribers, and we also got a lot of angry users asking us to have more features, and <laughs> you need to have <laughs> you need to have everything else. Like <laughs> that's always it's better than silence, though, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, but like so many users were like so many people on these blogs were seeing your app and saying like oh this does much less than trip it or does much less than the uh, other app and it was always like dude we are doing this for four months like wait a minute we, we we're going to see what makes sense uh, what makes sense to add in this app you know and this is all we always did the new features and new implementations in the app this way. We look at what users are asking, but we also travel a lot ourselves, me and Thiago, right. and we see what makes sense. Like, what what's what we need to add here? What are we going to not regret having had that to the app? <laughs> because once you had a new feature, it's hard to remove that. You know, you got to live with it. Yeah. So at this point. You both had like full-time jobs still, right? Oh, yeah. So this is like mm -hmm. a nights and weekends kind of thing. Yeah, nights and, nights and weekends. But you you had mentioned earlier, you from day one, you were thinking of this as a potential, I yeah. could live on this. So yes. were you kind of, all right, this is what numbers I need to get to to get to the point where I can make the leap? Yeah, we, we had a few numbers that uh, we always were discussing. But honestly, like the first year of the app, we were making like $100 or something so for the first year so so it wasn't we, it we, wasn't at that point after year one yeah <laughs> it wasn't that and actually it's up until today i i have another job i have a full-time job and also okay. Thiago has has his full-time job uh because i can i can get into these uh, after maybe i explain version two of the app but once we got into the pandemic things got hard for us in the yeah. travel business, you know? That's right. <laughs> and yeah, we got a little afraid of giving up everything and start investing all of our energy in the app, in the travel. We, we didn't know what would happen, you know? And you had mentioned like not having a lot of third-party dependencies, but you said flight search was in that first one. Presumably that was an API that has a somewhat decent cost. Uh, yeah, flight search is a third-party dependency that we have. We also have uh, 
a dependency on uh, parsing the emails. Was that in version one? No. Okay. No, no, no. That was probably like four months after that. Yeah, after first one. Okay. So whenever, so you said you got lots of lots of feedback, lots of people wanting different features. I guess two things. How are you prioritizing what you would work on? And then on top of that, were you thinking of it in terms of um, like a big 2.0 release? Or were you like, let's just get these features out? You know, it's a subscription. We can just do these kind of one-by-one one features um, and then market each one of those individually. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the exact order of the features, honestly, but the way we were prioritizing was like things that were very obvious, like documents, like this is something that we really need to work on. Parsing emails is something that we really felt the users really needed that. Were people asking for that? Like, was that a common feature? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like uh, people, like this is by far one of the most used features in Tripsy. People just it's very buy. nice. Yeah, it's very nice. It's it's super magical. I I love using it. To be honest, like I just book my flights and hotels and I forward them to Tripsy and it's organized for me. Like this is so cool. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm I it gives me a smile every time I use it. To be honest. It really is. And like, I I don't know the details of how you do this. I guess it's just based on date. But like, like right now, I have three separate trips that I'm, mm -hmm. I have in Tripsy that I'm kind of working on stuff on. And like, yeah, we'll book something, train or whatever. And I'll just forward it there and it drops it into the right, like, trip for me. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it just feels like... I always go in because I'm afraid it's not going to work right. And everything's in there. It has way more metadata than I would have manually put in, like seat yeah. number and all that stuff. Yes. It's really, really yes. slick. It's really good. Yeah. It, it, like like I mentioned, like the, the parsing of that information is not done by us. We have a great partner that does that job. They, okay. they have a team that understands the templates of the emails and they're always updating them. So yeah. how this works, like basically they get the, the template of the email that uh, usually these companies use, uh, like an airline or, or a hotel or a booking or something. And they extract the information from the HTML from that email. So it, it always have the same structure. If, you, if you're like booking reservations, we always have the same structure until they, they update it. Coming from your third party, you mean? Yeah. It reminds me, my very first job was, uh, this isn't a very American job, but it was uh, insurance claims processing. <laughs> it was literally like an entire company dedicated to, there's a million different you know, insurance providers and they can all send you data in a different way. And then there's yeah. a million different uh, other software vendors that these places would use and they wanted a different way. All we did was massage that data into something yeah. that the other side could use. Yeah. Um, but that would be really helpful for because I feel like email every time they change it, you know, anytime uh, American Airlines or whatever changes their yes. emails, somebody has to go in and figure out that that happened and fix it. So that must be a, a big job. Yeah, it's a big job. We, we, we support over 700 providers now and over I, I think we're about like 50,000 different emails and language and everything. So it's a 
lot of, of emails that we can yeah. process. And it, it works with trains, with hotels, with restaurants, with parking, with, with most of the activities that you reserve or book via like the web. We probably support that. And the other killer thing about that is it's not only putting it into Tripsy in the format you'd expect it to, but now it's in there as a offline document. So you can pull the actual email up, which is something I always like. I usually take screenshots of everything before I go fly because I'm paranoid. You know, I have like 40 different ways of getting the same QR code. And so having that actual document offline sitting on your phone is awesome. Yes. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, this is something that uh, we introduced it after a while because sometimes the email does not get parsed or you just want to write down an email and send it to the app. You just, you know, like email can be anything. You can email your passport. You can email anything. It doesn't need to be a reservation. So, and I, and I, I honestly think that this is a unique feature on Tripsy. I haven't seen any other apps doing it in the travel space, I mean, uh, where you can forward an email, we parse it, and we also have a offline, um, like offline view of that email or of that document with the attachment and, and everything. So yeah, it's, it's very, very helpful. It's very used and so, uh, several users use that to send random content and not uh, reservations actually. That's awesome. So you have the app. It's not like this massive money-making machine in year one, but you're starting to like add in those features. I guess before we get to the industry massive world-changing <laughs> event, where was the app app you know, before like March of 2020? Yeah. Uh, so when I think it was March 2019, we were very like working hard on the app, doing features, doing features, and... We were in contact with Apple, uh, the Apple developer relationships here in Brazil. We, we got featured a couple, of, a couple of times and we ended up meeting them at the WWDC at uh, that year, 2019. I think it was in San Jose. We, we flied uh, all the way there and was able to meet and discuss our app with them, with their evangelist. And Tiago, at that same period, was designing our version 2 of the app because uh, the version 1 was very basic, was just a list, was not flexible enough for us to do all of the features and things that we want to do on the, on the trip. So Tiago came up with this dashboard that you can see today that looks like the home app. Several, <laughs> several lots of users say that uh, our trip dashboard looks very similar to how the home uh, app works on iOS. It's true. It, it looks very similar. And I think just like the home app is very flexible and you can add anything, trip, trip can also do that. Uh, it can be very flexible. It's a place where you can, you know, uh, manage the information that you want to see that's more useful to you during the trip and everything. So, we presented to the Apple developers uh, relationship these designs. Uh, they, they got some great feedback for us. And we started developing it with, with the new SDK. I think it was iOS 13, probably. Yeah, that would have uh, been 2019. Yeah, 13. And then like we had multitasking in iPad and all. This update was just 
yeah, awesome. shortcuts. Like, yeah, shortcuts. Wow. Like I I remember working every day like <laughs> on trips even saturdays and sundays like uh, every day and tiago was also designing the assets and thinking about ideas and then when you released it on uh august or september of 2019 and the app really took off at this point with the version 2 we got featured at mac stories at 95 mac at, at apple really featured our app we started getting a lot of downloads we started playing with ads uh, to get more downloads in Facebook and Instagram. At that point, there was no ATT, so ads were actually yeah. working. <laughs> I hate ads. We don't have ads in Tripsy, but like it's a great. It was a great way to get downloads. Well, yeah, like we talked about at the beginning. Uh, if it's not something users are seeking out, then you have to you have to push it out there somehow. Yeah. And we were like we were getting a lot of downloads uh and a lot of subscribers the app was is still missing some important features but we, we we were getting some traction hit a critical mass and it started kind of yeah growing. yeah like we we were making good good money actually uh by january and february and then like <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> devastating <laughs> yeah it's devastating like we were so sad like about that uh, when so like, when when did it become clear not to make you you know relive some trauma here but i guess yeah. to make you relive some trauma here uh, yeah you know when in 2020 was it kind of like uh-oh this is gonna this is gonna be a really big deal for us in particular yeah i think in march march of 2020 like uh everything was closed already uh our downloads were way down so you saw the impact right away oh yeah definitely like our our graph like just dropped a lot do you see like a uh, seasonal uh numbers like like we've talked to slopes and obviously yeah snowboarding and skiing are way more seasonal just because of weather but i yeah. would imagine travel is too oh yeah yeah definitely we we see uh seasonal but it's different from slopes i think slopes is only yeah. in, in december and january and february i think i guess right in tripsy we see it's it's a bit bigger this like we start having more downloads in december and then at the middle of the year we also have more downloads people travel more in may in june july because it's vacations in summer yeah. in europe and I, I think in the us as well in, in july so yeah we definitely have these um and things calm down at some point i think it in february it's it's calmer right. um so yeah yeah but it, it, we also have to deal with that with the season but it's, it's not as bad as lopes right no that i mean that makes sense but okay so back into 2020 so <laughs> you're seeing the impact <laughs> of that immediately and now at the time i'm imagining you're like the rest of us where it's like is this a month's thing is this a week's thing oh yeah could it be a whole yeah. year you know that was <laughs> i remember yes. thinking that yes yeah, it's like, I, man, what was was so hard to understand, like, to live with that was so hard already. And our business going down was hard as well. Like, it was hard to see it, especially because we were getting traction like two yeah. or three months before that. <laughs> and we, we were actually thinking about leaving our jobs uh, at that year uh at that point like we were <sighs> wow like we, we will be able to do that by the end of the year if if things come come continue this way we're probably going to be able to leave our jobs goodness <laughs> so 
but okay like we it was all sad it was all depressing at this uh, for the first couple months uh but me and tiago like we were talking and man i i, I think this is going to end at some point like people will will be willing to travel after that we don't know like maybe they will be afraid for a while but but i think maybe people will see a different perspective in traveling i don't know like well, they will probably not stop traveling forever that's the, at least that's what we hoped for so we kept working on, on tripsy we were we kept developing features and improving the app and updating to the new ios slowly because we are not as motivated as we were before yeah we were not getting traction like it's not great to work in an app that doesn't get downloads for months for real you know? yeah <laughs> especially after you were there yeah you know yeah it's easier especially. to work on something that has no traction at the beginning not easy yeah. but it's easier because you can imagine it but coming down it's like yeah it's easy to get sort of uh hopeless yeah we, we were kind of hopeless but kind of let's do it like let, let's use this time that we have off and improve the app make make yeah. the best travel planner app better uh, like ever and uh once everything comes up people will have trips to plan their trips you know <laughs> so yeah like we we kept working on it um we had some amazing supporters and work and subscribers that didn't cancel their subscription so we we, we could maintain our costs of trips here right. and uh keep the business running and everything um at the same period we incorporated the the company in the us um i i had a whole story to move tripsy from my personal account at the apple store to tripsy i think <laughs> it took like two years to do that <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> yeah uh, but anyways like it all all worked out um i think we we did several updates in the app during the pandemic like yeah even though like no, there there was no traction in march 2021 the app started getting traction again because people were traveling again after march 2021 so it was it was uh, very slow but um we could see that people were using the app I just anecdotally, I remember, especially once vaccines started uh, coming out, at least here in the States, there was like, I forgot what they called it. There was a name for it, but it was almost like, uh, it was like vendetta traveling or something. Like people were, they were angry and they had like saved up vacation funds or whatever. And so people were just like, they just needed to go somewhere and they were traveling <laughs> more than they would normally yeah. just to like yeah. do something. Um, even if it was a drive to a more remote place or, you know, whatever, uh, it seemed like, yeah, around 2021, everybody's kind of like, all right, I just, I have to literally have to get away from yeah. my hometown somehow. Yes. And, and even like from the emotional perspective, people were stuck at home and locked down all the time. Like they, they really wanted to go out and then talk to their friends and vi or visit their families outside you know so many people that need to travel to see their families or friends there's so many people that need to do that yeah so uh as soon as the borders are were opened and you could fly away you you 
you go like you even if you had to use masks and do the vaccine and and do the not the vaccine the tests all the tests that you had to do to to go on a plane like i think was like honestly i almost wonder if that would help something like tripsy because uh traveling yeah. became way more of a like intense organizational process i feel like oh yeah definitely so many people were storing their tests, their tests in COVID and, and everything in, in Tripsy. Like it was very helpful. Yeah. Having yeah. a space to save that and don't, don't need to print it. So Tripsy definitely right. helped that. I think we, we missed some opportunities to help even more in this case, to give more COVID information, to give more like information about right. the airports. And it was all so confusing and so, uh, all, all over random the place. Like, yeah, all overwhelming. We could do, we could have done better in this case. So yeah, but anyways, like it's it's all probably gone now. I hope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. So since then, has it been growing? Like, have you reached the point of momentum that you felt like you had in 2019 yet? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. We we passed that uh, last year already that's awesome uh, so yeah we yeah we are we're going like the app is very profitable right now for us uh we are getting a lot of downloads we are 100 percent organic we don't run any ads uh, it's all blogs and people talking about tripsy do you do you say 100 percent organic do you do any like non-ad type of marketing outreach um you mean like instagram or twitter I don't know. I was just wondering like how, like you've talked about how, you know, this is a space where you feel like you have to reach out to customers somehow. So like, are you doing that if you're not doing that with ads? Um, I think we are starting to work right. Like uh, this year with more people and companies and agencies on travel space, instead of being to iOS and Mac ecosystem, Mm, uh, yeah. you know going more to the talking to the travel agents talking to the people that actually travel you know they actually travel their, their life is travel you know they they travel all the time uh, so yeah we are starting to talk to more about with these uh these persons and these companies this year but today the only thing that we do is twitter uh mastodon instagram and we have a good relationship with apple as well they, we got we get the app the yeah. Apple feature the app featured um a couple of times the app is featured now so we, we can get a lot of downloads from it yesterday not yesterday i think it was monday uh tripsy was featured in a morning show in the u.s and i don't know how this person Whoa. knew about tripsy but yeah they it was featured like you had in no heads up show. about it it was just no somebody no, no. Told it you. was that's crazy no, yeah. <laughs> I, I i have i have like uh google alerts for the trip yeah keyboard, yeah i have those you too. know <clears throat> and then like um i don't know like a, a random journalist uh posted about some trip travel planning tips and apps and tripsy was the second one like on the list and it was very exciting nice. for us. So we, we got yeah, a, yeah. a bunch of downloads from it and so yeah it's all organic in this case 
Oh, uh, well, another a small thing is you have a Mac app. And that is, is that a yes. proper Mac app or is that just the, not just. It's a catalyst. <laughs> well, no, 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 I, not Cal, but like, is it the iPad app just running on the Mac or it feels like it's, it is customized for the Mac specifically. Uh, it is like the same code base, but I have yeah. a bunch of customizations specifically for the Mac that okay. we, like we have, I'm, I'm implementing these, the menu bar, the shortcuts. Some things that are very specific to the Mac, we are, right. we are doing it v- that via Catalyst. Yeah. And what was your thinking for doing the Mac app? Like, do you have a lot of people that were wanting that? We have more people on the Mac than on iPad. And my thinking is like, it's much easier to type and organize your trip on the Mac. I have used the Mac app a lot. Like, yeah, I've noticed this with other apps too, like my recipe app uh yeah i'm the same way where it's like i've never cooked with my mac but i also way prefer to type in a recipe yes on on my computer and whenever we're doing travel planning a significant amount of that travel planning is happening on our mac because you can have 40 different windows open and a thousand tabs and and so it makes a lot of sense and it's really satisfying to hit forward on one of those emails and then get get the Tripsy notification pop up on the Mac. <laughs> I don't know why, but that in particular yeah, makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, it makes me, it makes us feel good. Yeah, it, it like the machine is doing all the work for us. Like it's, it's so great. And yeah, the, the, the thinking about the Mac, it was like people were going to input the information via Mac and consume via the iPhone. That's ob- obviously like not everyone do that, but that's the most practical practical information yeah. that's the way i do it and uh, i i prefer much more doing it with the mac as well nice um another another thing that's sort of in a similar vein is your sort of cross platform support i guess so you've mentioned uh like thinking about android users um one of the things i guess we haven't talked about at all is the ability to share your itinerary with other people and those other people might not be on an iPhone. And right now you're Apple ecosystem only in terms of the app itself, but you started adding more support for those users. How did that kind of all come about? Yes. Uh, So yeah, like not everyone uses Apple. (laughs) Um, And sometimes even inside families, like one is iPhone user and the other is Android. So we need to figure out a way to Make sure everyone everyone can see the itinerary. Um, we have no plans to build an Android app uh, because it doesn't make any sense for us right now. But we do believe on the web, on the openness of the web. And I, I truly love how the web works. So the way we figured this out was since we have our own backend, we can build a web version of the itinerary. So uh by being the the owner of the trip in your iphone on your mac you can generate a link a web link that has a token like hashed that you can share with anyone that you want and this person can open the itinerary on the web or on any platform that has a browser even windows or linux or any any anywhere uh and yeah it's ready only for now but you can see all of the things, if, even the documents you have, you have access if you want. Um, we thought about doing the, a full web version. We actually started this 
by a year ago uh, with a contractor that was helping us. We have these almost like 60-70% done, uh, but we are not sure yet if this is going to be released or not. We are, we're still thinking and debating about it because having a new platform, having a new complex app like Tripsy in the web, we require like a lot of work from us and continued work forevermore. Yeah. Continued work. Like yeah. even now we're going to release a new, uh, update of Tripsy next week. It's, it's a major update and it has so many features, so many new things that we don't even know how to move that to the web, you know, uh, yeah. it like the web, if you were using an app that has web support, you'll probably expect the same basic features in all the clients, you know? So maybe we are avoiding this uh, and maybe giving you, <laughs> giving the users a simple solution that resolves their problem. Uh, it's, it's good enough. The web usage is very high. Lots of users using it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty only for now and it, it works well so far. Yeah, it's it's like perfect for the uh, I'm going on a vacation and I want to share with somebody who's at home what our daily yes. plans are so they know where we're at and what we're up to and everything. Um, and I think I, I may have like DM'd you about this a long time ago, but also it's nice because you can you can like send it to somebody and they can archive it and have like a PDF version that sits somewhere because for some reason that in particular is I just want too many documents for literally everything that I have whenever I'm traveling. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's another nice thing. Yeah. That's uh, archiving the web. It definitely works. And you can, as you can, as you said, you can generate a PDF. We, we, we have in mind that we could generate a PDF from the app and it could be so very beautiful and very nice. Maybe we'll do that in the future. We, we realize that this is something that a lot of users want to have it. Oh, so talking about the sharing feature, that that is one of the features that's behind the uh the is it Tripsy Pro? That's what yours is called, right? Yeah, the Tripsy subscription. Pro. Yeah. So like have you have you found like how have you been making the decision on what goes in the free tier versus what goes in the pro tier? Yeah, good question. So, um we we look at at what the, the feature that we are implementing would look at is is this going to cost us anything that's mm. this is the first question like is is this going to cost us anything extra like like parsing emails cost us money uh searching a flight costs us money like uh, storing a document on the cloud and having web access also costs us money uh so we need to balance these like see how much money is it and how much of a unique feature is this one? Is this something that is very pro? Is very like uh, for the users that really are willing to pay to use and support our development, or this is something that maybe can drive the user to pay later, but they can keep using the app with this feature. You know, so I I think each feature has. Each, each feature that you add in the app, you need to think through about all of these questions and think like, should I like 
should I uh, charge the user for, for this or not? Like in, in the next update that we are doing, we are adding WeatherKit, the WeatherKit Ooh. integration. So uh, weather costs money. Like we yeah. have a free tire, but it costs money. And it it's something that at some point, like uh, we'll probably be paying for it if we, if we have enough users. So it is a pro feature. Time zones, uh, we will also have these in our next next update. Time zone oh, change. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me very happy to hear. Yeah, yeah. This is this is something that I I want to add in the app for a while now. Like seeing all the time zone changes that you have. This also costs us money because we need to know and request APIs to know what time zone is that coordinate that the user is going. Yeah. Like, um and we need to support that we need to improve that so yeah like uh that i think that's the way we we think about what what to charge or not there are other like five or six features in this update that that's going to be free for everyone so that's that's fair enough i think yeah it's it's like a tricky thing and i'm in the throes of wrestling with that right now is like how to think about this kind of stuff because it's like yeah. On one hand, you want, it's almost like you want to think about what's the, what is the free app and how can you make that a good experience on its own? But obviously that's free. Like you're making no money off of that. So you want that to stay good, but then like, it almost feels like anything that, uh, there's certain features that are almost required to live within that, that type of app. Whereas something something like WeatherKit, that is like it's like an additive thing. You can use the core of what the app provides value for free users is still there with or without that. And also, like uh, in our app, we don't run ads. We don't use the users' data for anything. We don't have any tracking like for the user to sell or make money from it. So, like the product that we are selling is Stripsy Pro. Like if right. you want to support our app. You can pay for it. You know, uh, we are not doing any crazy sh- um, behind the scenes to make money. And we could do because the travel business is all about that. Oh, to be yeah, like, that's true. I guess it's like weather where you probably have people sniffing around trying yeah, to like, buy up uh, yeah. data. Yeah. Yeah. We always have these, uh, these not not actually buying data, data, but getting interested in more details. And we, we don't, we honestly don't don't care about it because our product is the subscription, is building a great app, is building a great Mac app. And it, it, at the point we can make enough money to to live from it, it's it's good enough for us, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, before I let you go. I want to ask you the question I uh, ask everybody at the end of the show, which is what is a person or people out there that have inspired you that you'd recommend others check out? Um, I, I, I thought about this before we recorded and I have so many inspirations, so many inspirations that I, I would try to mention all of them, but so um, in terms of product and craft, I'm, I'm very inspired in the culture code company. Yeah. They make things, Panic, Tapbot, Icon Factory, Ulysses, and uh, Raider. Um, and th- there's one developer and designer that I really love to follow and, and 
see what he's doing. It's it's Paul Stamatio. He's uh, he was a previously designer at Twitter. He does great stuff on the web and on iOS, and he's he's really great. And in terms of running a business, I'm very inspired on Thirty Seven Signals, Mark mm. Clement, Peter from PS DevKit, PS PDF Kit. Oh yeah, These, yeah. Peter, I don't know how to pronounce his his last name, but it's Peter Is it Steinberger. Stein? Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. yeah. He's From gonna PS, be he's yeah, gonna be keynoting at Deep Dish Swift, right? Yes. Which you yes. are also going to. That's one of my yes. Uh, yes. Uh, spoiler. That's one of my trips in <laughs> Tripsy. <laughs> oh, cool! Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely be there. Uh, I was so excited for having a conference um, after a long time. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm ecstatic. I'll do my best not to turn this into another deep dish uh, advertisement for Josh, though. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, yeah, these guys like Marco Arment and Peter and the Third Seven Signals in terms of building a business, a sustainable business, a great business. You know, they. Uh, I think they they build uh, amazing products that sell amazing products like. They, they're not selling anything else. They're selling their subscription or their product that they're crafting, actually crafting. I, I remember Marco was one of the first apps with Instapaper on iOS and was always like a pioneer, you know, on, yeah. on the ecosystem. So, yeah, like, yeah, that I, I think that's, that's it. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm going to have... Uh, a lot of links in the show notes for that one. Uh, I think I got them all there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can send you a later if you, if you need. Man, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming on. This was this was a blast. Um, and I'm loving your app so far. So thank you for that too. Thank you for having me uh, on this show. It's an honor to be here with you and talking to the iOS community. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, can't wait to meet you in person. Yeah. Yeah, I hope to see you. Thanks for listening. This episode was edited by Jonathan Ruiz. If you'd like to discuss the show, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Chucky C or tweet the show directly at launched.fm. I'd really appreciate a rating or review in your podcast app of choice. And you can find show notes and more at launched.fm.com. Launched.fm.